Well, I mean, it's that good then. It's, oh, okay. It's I so good that, it's, <laughs> that it seems new. <laughs> it just got on Netflix. That's why I was like, you know what I mean? Like, it took Netflix a long time to get it, man. I'm sure they probably been had it and they probably dropped it and then came back. Yeah, you know how they do. Yeah. Yeah, they'll drop um, a movie in a minute for some reason and it just. I don't know. It's what made me think about it is you brought up rock and roll and they kind of go into the story of Chuck Berry a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm of the opinion that rock and roll was was birthed in black music anyway. So mm-hmm. however you want to go on the American music tree, it all has... <laughs> well, it was. It was. It, they, right. they, gave, they gave Elvis this whole crown for really, you know, something that wasn't his, you know? No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, that's that's what that's what cultural appropriation is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why do you think they gave Scarlett Johansson the role of a Japanese woman? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's kind of the way it is, right? Or um, who was it? Was it um, Tom Cruise as the last samurai? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was that was yeah. Yeah, don't don't even talk about that movie with me. <laughs> you talk about that movie with me, man. As a Korean person, I have a very unique perspective on that movie. Man. <laughs> <laughs> All I right, think so... Brad Pitt was the Mexican or something like that. I think he was on yeah. Once Upon a Time in Mexico or something. It's crazy. Yeah. It happens. from the grave, time to wake up. All right, so we're going to get into it. All right. Yeah, in there. Um, Watch me flip, flip the switch like this. Watch me flip the switch like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, man. so welcome to the Flip the Switch podcast, where we flip the switch on everything, oh, from everything. relationships to spirituality, freedom to identity, uh, motherhood, fatherhood. We talk about it all. Listen, we are here to empower you. We are here to empower you. This and this is not just our podcast. This is your podcast. This is your podcast. And, it, and, and, you know, I've been having, let me just say this, I've been having a lot of fun lately. Between the Motherhood series and the Fatherhood series, we've been getting some real golden nuggets, some real wisdom, some real um, great advice and suggestions uh, on just being encouraged, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I look forward to, you know, I know this is, this is the podcast that I do, you know, but I look forward to always listening back to it. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's different from relaying the message. You know what I'm saying? You hear the message and you relay the message. It's just two different things, man. So I'm looking forward to this podcast, not only just for doing it and, you know, but I'm listening, I'm looking forward to hearing your story and then at the same time going back to listen to it again. Yeah. So uh, we have a very special guest, as I always say. Um, I think all of our guests are very special in their own unique way. Um we have a man by the name of Paul Kim here on the show with us. You know, I wish we had uh, uh, like the whole uh, uh, audience clapping thing. Yeah, we probably need that to, would be dope yeah, to have right now. And post edit, we could throw it in and post edit. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to welcome to the show, man. Welcome to the Flip to Switch podcast. How you doing, Paul? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Nice, nice. So. Um, I've been told that, uh, you know, we might, uh, you know, take a little bit of time to get to the meat of the of the episode. So we're going to try to get to his story a little bit sooner than what we do. Okay. But, um, man, it is great having you on the show. I've heard, you know, some things about you, and I it, it, it really intrigued me. And I'm just like, yo, like, I got to find out what happened <laughs> with this and, you know, why this happened. You know, it, I am looking forward like this is probably the most intriguing story that uh, we've, we've, we're bringing to the show so far. Cause I'm like, I need to know ASAP. All right, let's hit so, it. And, um, so you know we do a highlight of the week every week, and uh, our highlight is our guest. So let me highlight you real quick. I'll call him okay. the Great Paul Kim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He is a writer. He is a father. He is a minister. Uh, used to be a pastor, right? A yep. full, full on lead pastor. Yeah. Um, and you know, he is somebody that I call a vision giver. He looks at people, finds their gifts, and calls their gifts out of them. Very unique superpower. 
Uh, <laughs> and I've seen him do it to people around me. That's the crazy thing about it. He's awesome at it. Uh, so, you know, great guy, good friend. He's introduced me to a lot of foods that I've never had before. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I, I can't wait for you to hear this episode with him, man. He's going to drop some gems on you. I already know it. <laughs> nice, nice. So, listen, Paul, we got this thing called Random Opinion. Okay. Um, as you as you already know. So uh, let's hear it. You know, you already know Dre's ready to argue. I don't you know, he we we talked hey. about this, he's argumentative for some reason. Hey, I, I'm an argumentative <laughs> person too. So it's fun. Oh, this is about to be great. Uh, this is about yeah, to be great. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and delve into a topic that's very controversial. You and I Uh-oh. talked about uh you, you playing basketball with your kids, so I'm just gonna come right out, right out and say it. Kobe is better than Michael. Oh, <laughs> oh, let's get That's into it. it. Let's get you know, into I, it. Let's get into it. I can't argue that. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Hey, I okay, actually I just had that argument last week. <laughs> somebody, somebody. <laughs> Listen, I, I absolutely 100% agree. Um, you agree even, too? Even, okay. Yeah, because, because here's the thing, man. Like, even though Kobe, you know, he learned from Mike. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, right, right. When, when you see the highlights, if you, like, com- like put them, you know, right next to each other on the same screen or whatever, you will see, like, yo, he took those moves from Mike. I just feel like, one, he made the moves look better. And two, <laughs> he had a different type of, of adversity, so to speak, as far as, like, the other players and in, in, in teams mm-hmm. to, to play. It was just a different time, and 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 it was something that I think Mike did not have to deal with. Just like Mike had things that others didn't have to deal with before him. But you know, Kobe, man, like it. Uh, I I just had this conversation about a month ago, actually, maybe a little. Uh, no, about a month ago with my barber. Uh, you know, he feels differently. Um, you know, it is what it is. I, I and and his viewpoints are very much valid as far as how he kind of um, rates it, so to speak. And, uh, but man, like, I still, I still just feel like Kobe is just, he was just the better, he was just the better man. Like, I feel like right. if, if they played in their prime one-on-one, Kobe would win. I think, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no doubt. I, see, I feel like I'm looking at an elevated version of Mike when I'm yeah. looking at Kobe, especially yeah. the later on Kobe. I think oh, he kind of yeah. practiced with Hakeem and got those post moves. Oh, he was nasty in the post during that time, man. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to share with you three reasons that I never hear nobody else talk about. Okay. Okay, of why I believe believe Michael Jordan is rated higher than he should be. Okay? Ooh. Number one. Yeah, number one. Well, because because he's rated so high, that's why he goes above Kobe. Right? But I'm I'm going to equalize it out right here. So, number one. Expansion teams. During mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's era, there were three expansion teams in the East. And you know how expansion teams work, right? No, I don't. Yeah, so what they do is they, they set up a team and then they pick some players from other teams to start a new team. But then basically those teams are weak. So, so the Vancouver Grizzlies, the Toronto Raptors, they, mm. you know, teams like that, they were all in the East. Uh, and yeah. then they used to play them teams like four times a season. So that's an <laughs> automatic 12 victories right there. <laughs> there haven't been no expansion teams in the West during Kobe's era. Like, can right. you imagine what Kobe would do with, 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 with nine games just of, of a brand new team? Oh, demolish. You, he did 81. He did 81 against Toronto. You, you'd be talking about him with Will Chamberlain. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's my first reason. The second reason, three-point line. During yeah. Michael Jordan's career, they moved the three-point line in, and yeah. you could tell on Michael Jordan's stats every year he had about a twenty-something percent three-point uh, percentage, except for those two two-point plus years where it jumped up to forty percent. They moved that three-point line just inside of his long mid-range jumper. Yeah, now, tell me on. this. If they moved that three-point line in for Kobe for two years, <laughs> you know what he would have did from the line? <laughs> I'm just saying, okay? 
Is that, so nobody ever talks about that. No, everybody says, oh, he has a better shooting percentage than Kobe. I'm like, they were shooting in closer. And they moved the three-point line in closer. The whole game was smaller. Yeah. What are they yeah, doing nowadays with Steph Curry, you know, and Damian Lillard? They're they going to try to move it back again right, with Steph Curry. Right? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So that's reason number two. Reason number three, Craig Elo. Who's that? Exactly. <laughs> they show that Michael Jordan clip of him jump, jump shotting over Craig Elo. Who's that? Like, that's the greatest game winner of all time against Craig Are you talking Elo. about against Utah? No, it's against the Cavaliers. Oh, he's the Cavaliers. It's okay. that white dude who tried to block Michael Jordan's shot, but he couldn't even get up in the air. I'm telling you right now, I could shoot over Craig Elo. <laughs> Man. Right? And I'm like, the, the greatest shot of Kobe's, you know, clutch shot was against Phoenix. Remember that overtime win? Where he yeah, came down, yeah. got the ball, and get to the elbow. Yeah, Roger Bell and Boris yeah, two Seattle people on the yeah. face. And, th and then they rank Michael Jordan's shot over Craig Elo higher than that. Forget that. <laughs> Wait, they do? They show that all the time. You know the one where he j makes that shot yeah. and he does that fist pump thing. Yeah, that's you know? the iconic. Yeah, that's, the iconic that's his iconic move. Yeah, it is. A, yeah, I didn't. I didn't right. even think about the opponent. Wait a like minute. That. Hold up. Any. Any. But I'm saying those are the three the three arguments that I will say that nobody ever talks about. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> One person versus shooting over two people. Right. That's never greater than shooting over two people for anybody. Right. And actually, Kobe has done that multiple amounts of times. Exactly. <laughs> right. But in that Phoenix game, I remember the heat behind yeah. that. One. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. So anyway, that's my arguments. I know. I know. You know, people will probably argue with me. That's okay, because like I said, you know, I grew, I grew, I actually grew up watching both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, my 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 favorite Laker is actually Magic Johnson, but it's real close. Magic <sighs> and Kobe, they're real close, right? Mm -hmm. But I grew up and watching them, and then and then I saw Michael ascending, and I saw the NBA do what they did. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, uh, ever since Kobe, things things just got crazier. Right. Did you watch mm. the documentary, the uh, ten-part series, the last for, dance uh, for Michael, the last dance? Mm -hmm. No, I actually saw the first couple, and then I, and then all the craziness came out, and I couldn't focus on anything. You know, there's <laughs> all this other stuff that happened. Yeah. So, I think I'm on like episode eight now, so I haven't finished watching it either. I got to go back and. And, and where's it at again? It's on. Well, my my father downloaded it on demand, but it's on. I think it came out on ESPN. ESPN Plus or something like that. Mm -hmm. Is it on, but, uh, like, YouTube you know, or anything? No, I don't um, think it's on YouTube. No. You can check, but I don't think so. Mm, I, I, I need to watch it. I mean, yeah, I, there's... It's, there's, it's, there's it's good because you get to see, like, the mind of Michael Jordan. I mean, I kind of knew he was... He thought like that, but it's good, though. It now, good. don't get me wrong. He he is great. Yeah, mm -hmm. He is great, but oh, yeah. we're talking about the top five players, right? Yeah, it's just everybody, in comparison everybody, to Kobe. All, everybody <laughs> always puts Michael Jordan at number one, and I'm like, no. Yeah, at least three players I would rank higher than him. Dang. Well, I want to hear the two? other two. Oh, yeah, I want to hear the other two. Who else would well, the number two? one, number one, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, Ooh. yeah. Okay. I ain't going to fight with you on that one. I'll tell you right now, he never lost. He, he won a championship every year he was in high school. He won a championship every year he was in college, except for his freshman year where they didn't even let freshmen play. Remember oh, back so then? Oh, so that don't count. Mm. So he has three championships instead of four, but that year, his freshman squad demolished the UCLA championship varsity squad. Dang. On campus. And that's when they got rid of the dunk rule because they saw what he did to the national championship team as a freshman. And I know that's he got... He this, that's when he developed this skyhook. And then he comes to the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks. When's the last time they won a championship? Before him, I know, yeah. Exactly, know. with him. And then he comes to the Lakers and win four more. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you, as a basketball player. And scored no the most dominated. points ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that was Will. Well, not in the game, but he's oh. the he scored the, oh, the yeah. uh, accumulation of points. Right. Yeah, greatest score of Overall, all Overall, yeah. yeah. But name one person who's dominated every basketball team he's been a part of. Yeah. From high school mm. all the way through pros. Name one person. 
Everybody jokes Dang. about how Michael got cut from his high school team. They didn't cut Kareem. Right. He took him to state every year. Yeah. Dang. Who else you put above him? Yeah, who's the other person? Oh, I would put Will Chamberlain above him. You put Will above him? No. Oh, yeah. Why though? I mean, I'm not against that. I'm just wondering, like, what's the what's the Okay, I got two reasons, okay? First, first one, one hundred. <laughs> Okay, 100. You can't argue with that. Right. Okay, 100 versus 63? I don't know. Okay, and the second thing is, when Michael Jordan was playing, they changed the rules to help Michael Jordan. They took away the hand check rule. They loosened up the carrying rule uh, and the traveling rule. If you watch him, there was a lot of traveling and carrying going on mm -hmm. that they didn't let a lot of people get away with before that. Okay? But with Wilt, they changed a bunch of rules to limit him. Yeah, because right. he was so mm. he was changed, dominating. He was so <laughs> dominant. They changed all kind of rules to make him less, and he's still putting up numbers like that. Three-second rule, right? It wasn't a three-second yep. rule before him. Yep. And and also the, the goaltending, he used to stick his hands through the basket twice <laughs> up away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel no, like but, he's but, so dominating that they don't even put him in the category of greatest sometimes, and I don't understand right. why. I'm like, he was getting 100 points. Some some right. games he was averaging thirty rebounds a season and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. his numbers. Were he ridiculous. he he has the single game record for for rebounds, right? Everybody's yeah. like, oh, big deal. You know who he got that record against? Who he set that record against? Bill Russell. Oh wow. Oh shoot. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. He's one of them cats. He scored fifty points a game. Like he's averaged fifty points. A yeah, game. yeah, yeah. And then everybody said, well, he's a black hole. He's a ball hog. You know what he did next year? The year after he got criticized, he led the league in assists. Assists, yep, yep, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he just kind of said, okay, you don't think I can pass? I'll right. lead the league. Yeah, from what I was saying, he was an all-around ball player. Yeah, he was so good. So, yep. you know, and he was I a mean... freak of nature. So, anyway, people argue with me with that, but I'm just saying, you know, everybody loves Michael Jordan because, one, number, number one, he had style. He was pretty. He he was dominant. He was a vicious, you know. He was a vicious basketball player. But, you know, he's small. He's smaller mm -hmm. than than Kareem and uh, and Will. And nobody wants to like put a big guy like that up at the top. Yeah, they usually don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Interesting. Man. I listen. I'm, I, I listen. I know what I said. I'm not trying to drag this out, but I need to ask this question because it. it I, I, <laughs> okay. I feel like I can't. <laughs> Leave this conversation <laughs> with your expertise and perspective on basketball without asking this question. What is your uh, view on LeBron in, in regards to the whole topic of GOAT? Okay, so... Uh, I'm not um, even going to specifically say Mike or Kobe. Just... Right, right. He's, uh, yo, yeah. All right, let me let me let me let me just say this about LeBron, right? Um, I have a great deal of respect for him as a human being. <laughs> this guy, this guy came straight out of high school. He had so much. He said so much pressure put on him. And he exceeded guy, expectations. This guy did everything right, you know. And everybody talks about. It was funny, man. I remember hearing an interview. Like everybody said, hey, you know, he's a uh, he's really really uh, cheap. Like he doesn't want to spend money. And I'm like, man, his mom taught him right. You know, mm -hmm. he, it's, it's like he's, he's, he wants to spend money not on frivolous things, but on things that matter. He has his own production company now. And right. he, had, he, he had set up a school. Like, he's, he's being cheap, not to be cheap. He's being cheap because he knows where he wants to spend his money. As a human being, I'm, I, I respect that. Mm -hmm. Right? And then as a basketball player, I'm like, okay, he's a pretty dominant force. Okay? But I, I watched him play you know, at, at Staples a couple times. And man, it's funny. When I was watching Kobe or Michael and the ball was in their hands, everybody's like, oh, dang. And they're like watching, right? Every time LeBron gets the ball in his hands at the end of the game and we need to win, I'm like, don't shoot it. Don't shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, and I'm just like, okay, if that's my reaction, then I just I feel like he's not gonna be ranked up high, up uh, you know compared to like Jordan and and Kobe yeah. and and some of the others, right? So I see it I, like that game. I, it, 
I watched it versus um I forget who it was. I think it was Atlanta. And 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 we were down one and he went to the line. He missed both free throws. Yeah. And it was like a minute left. So I'm just like, okay. Um yeah, he's great like when when the game's not on the line. <laughs> but I think he needs I think he he needs someone on the line. Like when they won that championship for Cleveland, Kyrie's the Kyrie, one. Kyrie. Oh my god, Kyrie. Yeah, he hit that dagger. Shots. Right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, and again, it wasn't that uh, – it's basically LeBron did all the heavy lifting and then set yeah. Kyrie up for that moment, right? Yeah. But, I, like I said, it, you know, he's dancing around three-point line, clock's ticking down, you're down one or two points. I'm like, please don't shoot that three-point shot. Please don't do that. Please, <laughs> please, please don't do that. And, again, that's just my – that's my internal reaction, right? <laughs> I, I feel you on that. I, I love LeBron. I, I do think right. he's one of the greatest, but I do not have the same excitement and anxiety that I used to have when Kobe has the ball toward the end right. of the game. Yeah, it's yeah. it's true. But it's like you said, I think you can credit LeBron for that. He does the heavy lifting. And right. if you give him a weapon on the team, though, that can hit that last shot, he's going right. to win. Yeah. No, I just, so I just that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I couldn't leave that conversation Without, um, <laughs> in one sense, resting my case, uh, you know, I just, yeah, right, right. I, I don't, okay. yeah, we we gonna have to like communicate on the side. I'm gonna, hit, I'm gonna send you a friend request on Facebook because I, right. I, I, I like your, I like your perspective. You, you hit us with stuff that nobody else is hitting us with. So yeah, I, you know, I All appreciate right. that. So you know, yeah, let's get into this <laughs> to this episode. Okay, uh, thank you for your opinion. Um, I'm so glad that we can all agree on this because, yeah. you know, it's never pretty when we can't agree. Right. But um, I like it still. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, disagreements are more fun, more fun to watch. <laughs> yes, they are. They really are, you know. Um, so I'll hit you with this question that, uh, you know, we asked all of our fathers that have come on. Um, you know, Dre likes to just dive into the deep end. And I'm like, hey, let's, you know, let's swim there. You know, let's kind of just build our way, you know, to the deep end. So, you know, I say let's start off in three, four feet. You know, we can kind of walk and start swimming and get there. Uh, so what is what is fatherhood like for you? Wow. That wasn't deep? Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm guessing for you it, it is. Well, you know, and I, I tell people, you know, um, that's a complicated question because, uh, you know, our situation is not what, what the average person who's, who's parenting experience. Mm. Okay. So, so for me, you know, growing up, I got married when I was 30. So, it, you know, compared to some of my friends, that was a little bit later. I know people nowadays are getting married later. Um, mm. And, you know, my wife and I were still in the midst of building our careers and stuff. And, and you know, we really didn't think about starting to have kids till, you know, till I was in my mid-30s, you know. But by that time, it was it was bizarre, man. Uh, she got pregnant one time, and then she miscarried, right? And then uh, we couldn't get pregnant after that. So she, you know, got checked out by the physicians. How did y'all kind of deal with the miscarriage? Sorry to cut you off. It was it was it was kind of tough, you know, because mm -hmm. you start making plans, right? Mm -hmm. You start you start um, you start thinking about what life is going to be like. You start dreaming, and and then when when the miscarriage happens, I remember that day. I just it was it was I it was hard for me. I couldn't imagine what how my wife was feeling. You know, I mean, I tried yeah. to be there as best I could, but I wasn't her, you know, she was, she was really having a hard time torn up about it. And I just felt helpless. I, there was nothing I could do, you know, and, and we made, we made it, but then what made it harder was we couldn't get pregnant after that. Mm -hmm. So she had all this, all the stuff and she's fine. She's fine. And, and <laughs> found out as it turns out that I'm not fine. So mm. I don't like to share this, right. I'm, you know, uh, my guy, they said, my guys don't move. So, mm. uh, they, you know, we started thinking about doing uh, in vitro and all that stuff. And, man, 
we 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 weren't rich. We didn't have no money. So it's like just to try it, it's like it was twenty five thousand dollars back then. Ooh, try it. Gosh. And there was no guarantees, right? So we're like, oh my gosh. And and I know she wanted to have kids and I just felt so bad. I felt like as a husband on multiple levels that I let her down. You know? Dang. I know I know it's stuff I can't control, but you still can't help feeling that way. Right. Yeah. Right. Nah. So so that was kind of how uh it was like kind of the entry point, I guess, for me to even consider what, what fatherhood was like or it would be like. And uh didn't anticipate those kinds of things happening or coming up, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um yeah, so the beginnings were complicated. Um and so leading it up to today, you know, we, we you guys know that that we adopted our two boys. They they were uh, siblings. And that that's hard. That was hard too, you know. So uh I don't know how else to answer this question except my experience with fatherhood is it's kind of like death to my dreams and death to my preconceptions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and, and Man. just just trying to have to deal with what what's there, what's 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 in front of you for real, and having to reconstruct your reality that way. So, sorry if I got deep on that, but no, 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 no. perfectly fine. You were perfectly fine. Right. Um, no, that that was that that was that was definitely interesting. Um, dang, there was a question I had I wanted to ask you, but well, I just move on to the uh, to the other question is uh, what was the um, so was and I'm um was the motivation behind adopting uh, uh, that your wife wanted kids or was there maybe a little more to it? Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna be completely one hundred percent real here. So I think between the two of us, um, she wanted kids more than I wanted kids. Mm. right mm. and and part of it okay so i have to backtrack just a little bit um so my wife has uh endured some tragedy in her life um she lost her mother her mother passed away when she was younger uh, i think she was in uh you know just around the end of college around that time when her mom mom passed right um and then uh, shortly after we got married, her sister passed. Wow! And her, and her sister passed, giving birth. Uh, oh wow! To, to and I think, I think she has she had six kids. <laughs> you know, so what happened was when when her sister passed, and they were in Korea. Uh, it was decided that my wife and I would. Uh, take custody of the two oldest kids, her her nephew and niece. Uh, and the, and the plan was because all the all her kids are U.S. citizens because you know her sister was a U.S. citizen, and and the plan was for the the father to bring the whole family over here because the rest of the family was here and we could provide support, right, mm, for the okay. kids. So we took custody of of her nephew and niece for a couple years, and. When she asked, when she asked if we could take care of them for a while, I said, "Sure, yeah, no problem." And then they got here and confronted immediately with, "I'm just not a good parent," <laughs> and so it was it was extremely difficult. So that two year period of time, while we did take care of her nephew and niece, I felt like, and this is going to be a, a theme that I'm going to talk about. You know, I think I went to bed every night feeling that I failed horribly. Mm. at at being a guardian or whatever and right. uh and that was that was uh it was an intensely difficult time internally for me okay so then when when my wife had this lead on the sibling pair and she's like i you know i'm really thinking that this might be someone we want might want to adopt my immediate reaction was going back to her nephew and niece thinking i can't do this 
<laughs> you know, that will, that thing was temporary. I'm like, really? I, I, I'm going to be the same way, you know, failing and horrible and everything. And, and uh, what, what made you feel like you failed with your nephew and niece? What kind of challenges did you have? Wow. Okay. That's a good question. I think, all right. So as Christians, we're, we're, we're uh, called to, to love people. Right. And when we, when we talk about love, we, we talk about the emotional component of it. Right. I feel a certain way towards you. Right. Uh, when you say you love your wife, there's a certain positive emotion attached to it. Right. When you say you love your kids, it's like, you know, there's a, there's a, there's that, Oh, I want to hug you. I just want to, you know, and this is, I'm assuming this because I didn't really have that part. I, I, I do feel love and affection towards my wife, but, uh, when my nephew and niece came, I didn't feel that. I didn't mm -hmm. feel any positive emotions. Right. And, and that was hard. I, I was trying to do the right thing, but I didn't feel like I was being loving if that makes any sense yeah right right so that was frustrating for me because i just like how come i can't find it within myself and you know i, I would confide in people and they would say well you know they're not your kids it's going to be different when they're your own kids right and i'm just like i why <laughs> why would it be different like shouldn't shouldn't i you know uh but it it didn't you know and so that that part, chapter of my life was really hard because I, I just realized that that no matter how much I wanted to, there's a part of me that I couldn't I couldn't manufacture that kind of positive feelings, you know, mm -hmm. and it was a difficult time, you know, so we did we did we did willingly take care of them because that was the right thing to do, you know, and these kids needed some place to be. But um, you know, it, it, it taught me, you know, from that experience, I, I, I became terrified of, of parenthood because of that experience. Mm -hmm. So and when, you, when you got into the new experiences, those same fears came back when the question came up to adopting. Well, I was, hoping, I was hoping it wouldn't. I was hoping it would be different, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, we meet them and, you know, things kind of move pretty quickly. And then, and then, you know, you ever hear that saying, wherever you go, there you are. Actually, <laughs> I've never heard that. Yes. It, it makes sense though. Says, it's like, you know, uh, if you have problems moving, moving, uh, location ain't going to get rid of your problems because you take them with you. So wherever you go, there you are. Right. Your problems come follow you because it's part of who you are. So I felt like even though I had some years and some perspectives, I still had the same issues. Right, right. So yeah, it was it was it's still tough. But this time, because of the adoption, it was permanent, right? It wasn't like we're just basically taking custody and caring for them until their parent could come back. It, this is no, this is this is permanent. This is this is forever. So I got a question. Um yeah. Did did your wife feel the same way about your parenting skills that you felt about them? Like, did she feel like you were failing as a parent, or was this all internal? I would I would confide in her. I would tell her, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and I would say, you know, I, I I feel like I'm failing. You know, I I use those words, mm -hmm. and I don't I don't think she necessarily would respond to it. She would hear it. I mean. She could see, she could see I'm struggling, I was struggling, mm -hmm. you know. I know what is kind she, of person. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, what did she do? Because you said that she, you know, she, you felt like she could see you struggling. Uh, what did she do to, to kind of help you through your struggle? I don't think, uh. I don't think she, that was kind of her goal to help me through my struggle. And I don't, I'm not trying to make her out to, to, to be a, an insensitive person. That's not what it was. That's not what I mean. I think her goal in all of this is how to, how to make us a healthier family. Mm -hmm. 
and so and, and I agree with her in this respect. My own struggle about parenting shouldn't really dictate how or my commitment to parenting. You know mm, what I mean? That's, that's good. So so I, I, I don't think re resolving my inner struggle was necessarily the top of our priority, you know, because, the, you know, the kids have uh, their own history and their own needs. And, and uh, so I think it was just kind of this constant, it, it just felt like I was struggling so much just to keep my head above water and just trying to do the right thing every day, not always succeeding, but that was kind of the struggle. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, I think even to this day, I still struggle, probably mm -hmm. not as intensely as I used to, but it's still a struggle. I mean, you know, DeAndre and I talked, <laughs> it was funny. I called him up on, what was it, Saturday? I called you Yeah, up. yeah. Uh, no, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, two days ago, right? Mm -hmm. And I just, and I just said, man, I just had the worst weekend with my kid. Like, I'm just, I can't do this. I can't do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just eminently not qualified to talk about fatherhood in any respect. <laughs> so, so, you know, and, and then, you know, through the conversation, uh, you know, DeAndre, you said there are probably a lot of people out there who struggle too and probably need to hear that story. So I'm like, okay, I'll be real. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I do struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, it don't mean that I'm going to quit. It just means that you know, I'm just real about where I'm at right now. It's just, it's, it's like, it's a constant struggle. Yeah, man. And that, and that's, that's kind of how I felt. You know what I mean? Like, I know that everybody's story is different and nobody's story is perfect. You know what I mean? But right. I knew you was going to keep it real. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted that. I got another question. Um, All right. What's your, what's your approach to discipline? Man, discipline. Okay. Uh, this is one of them areas that, that, uh... Mark, are you still there, or are you just off the camera? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about discipline, okay? So, um, I don't know how you, you know, what, what your relationships with your father was like, uh, but I, I had a very, very rough childhood and I remember saying to myself all the time, all the time, you know, my, my dad, God, God rest his soul. He passed, uh, you know, a couple years ago, but he did beat me and not just spanking, you know, it, it was kind of a, a tough way to grow up. And so I remember every time I would say, I'm never going to be like him. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be like him. I won't be different. Right. Funny thing is, you only have one dad. Well, I did anyway, right? So mm -hmm. even though I said I was never going to be like that, that's the only model I have had of how to be a father. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so, so when I have now kids, that's what wants to come out, right? That's, right. The, that's the automatic part that wants to come out, the, the anger and... and uh, it's not the discipline that wants to come out. It's the punishment that wants to come out. There's a difference. Right? I'm yes. glad you brought that. Yeah, there is right? a difference. But that's what wants to come out because that's all I had. That's all, that's all that was put in me. Um, mm -hmm. so, so for me, I just working so hard to not, and not, not always succeeding, by the way, not always succeeding. So, uh, but working so hard to say, okay, discipline, what does that look like? Instead of me just trying to vent my anger, mm -hmm. right? and I think that was that's that's been a real. I mean, when you talk about discipline, it's not just disciplining your children; it's disciplining yourself. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, and that's hard. That's really hard to do. But what I try to do, especially in in recent times, is you know my kids are at the age now where they're very close to becoming independent, right? They're 18 and 19. And uh, so my whole perspective is, do I feel like they have what they need internally to make it? 
right? To be、mm-hmm. a good, good citizen, to be a good friend, to be a good neighbor, to be a good boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like all those things that、mm-hmm. that are going through my head. And so, whenever they have moments where they're not doing the right things,、uh-huh. I I try to think about it that way and, and try to offer some measure of perspective for them. And they they don't always listen. But you know what can you do? That's all you. That's all you got. I'm sorry, I got a street sweeper in my background. <laughs> Hey, tell them, tell them that they interrupt in that session. <laughs> hey, they got to clean、um, the streets. <laughs> so, no,、nah, I question, agree with that though. Yeah. Question for you: um, What What do you do to、um, to teach your kids、uh, in regards to honoring you, and and、um, and and how do you?、Uh, Or what methods do you use to to get that message across to them so that they can understand it and be able to apply that? Oh man, that's I don't even think that far ahead, man. So so I think it was it was mostly it's mostly about respect for me, okay? So if they if one of them or both of them are、uh, disrespectful towards their mom, my wife. I'll try to point that out. I said, you know, you know, I understand what you're saying. You could have said that in a different way. That's not so mean because I, I keep telling them. I said, it, one person, you know, the one person on this planet who would step in front of a bullet for you, that's your mom, right? So,、mm-hmm. so at least make an effort. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm just saying make at least make an effort to respect her, right? And so I think.、Uh, You know that it's not a blank slate. They got a lot of other issues going on underneath. So, so it's just more of me trying to be consistent in my my message and expectations of them.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then、um, at least for me, I tell them, okay, if you're going to res- be respectful towards me, then you have to be honest with me. That's that's the thing that I'm working on right now with both of them. It's just being honest.、Um, Because that's that's kind of a big thing for me in terms of respect from anyone, right? And、um, but yeah, I, I I don't really think about how they can honor. I, that's not even part of my uh, my my uh, process right now. It's just more more basic than that. Interesting.、Uh, okay. I think、um, you know and. Regards to having having them respect you,、um, are there? I know there's some moments where you kind of feel like you know, like some of it should be should be automatic, right? Like you shouldn't have to ask for it as much as you do. Yeah, this is the hard thing, right? Because、uh, you know, as 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 educators, as parents, right? Because you know, especially when you have toddlers and stuff, you're you're you're. A lot of what you do, as an example, right? They pick、mm-hmm. up on, right, and they learn from at a very young age, right?、Uh, so they'll pick up on your mannerisms, the way you talk, and you know how how you joke and act around, you know. But but we we didn't we never had that because we adopted adopted them when they were much older, right?、Mm-hmm. So、okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to be an example in terms of this is how I want to treat my wife. This is how I, you know, what I do. This is how I want you to treat your mom.、Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?、Mm-hmm. Oh always, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but they don't always pick up on that, right?、Um, and I don't know if it's just them, but they they tend to not watch what you're doing. Like for me, I used to coach basketball and stuff, so a lot of times, you know, you, you're showing some kids what to do, and then other kids will be watching. And then they'll start doing it without you even have to tell them what to do, you know, because you know, yeah, they're obs- yeah. observing, right? And then other kids, like you, 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 you taught five kids the same thing, and then you get to the sixth kid, and, and I said, "Did you see what I was doing over here?" And they're like, "No." So there's no, <laughs> there's, you know, then you have to kind of teach them all over again. But, but that part, for some reason, ha- isn't there、uh, to a large degree. So, so I really have to kind of spell it out for them, like, okay. 
you know, when you said this to your mom or did this, you know, to me, it, it's kind of disrespectful, right? And so we need to turn that around and say, well, you can still say what you want to say, but say it this way or do it with this attitude. And and that's hard. That's hard for me. Because so you you're do right. still allow them to try to get out the feelings, but just not the way it's, it's the delivery that you well, work on. Yeah. Well, it comes out sometimes you know, in, in very negative ways, but then you just have to say, you know, at first I was very reactionary, right? It's like, how mm -hmm. dare you say that? And then you, and then you kind of try to stomp it out and that don't work. So, <laughs> so, uh, just listening, I'm like, okay, what is it that you're trying to say? Like you said something and, and got me a little hot, but what, what are you trying to say? Because that's not the best way to say it. If you, if you really want me to hear, don't, don't trigger me, communicate with me. Right. Mm. But what did, go ahead. What did what did you do to kind of transition yourself from reacting to how they're maybe reacting or 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 you know just kind of getting out their feelings to now being able to respond to that and saying hey you know maybe I didn't necessarily like how you delivered that I need you to kind of figure that out and then deliver it differently. Okay, so that process is 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 long and painful. You know. Um, <laughs> I know in some Christian circles, right? I know in some Christian circles, it's not, it's kind of taboo to talk about going to therapy, you know, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. talk to somebody about stuff. And, and I'm gonna tell you, I've been in therapy for a long time, off and on, okay? So different points in my life, so all dated, going all the way back. We talked about this on the episode before, we are not against therapy. Okay, good. Yeah, for real. So I've, been, yeah. I've been in therapy uh, starting all, right, right after I finished college, right? So about wow. 22, 23 is when I started. Um, and just kind of helping me through different portions of, of what I struggle with and, and off and on. And, and, and even up until coronavirus, I was going, I, I've been seeing a therapist. I haven't seen him in a while, but primarily what I would go there for is to kind of process through why I'm reacting the way I'm reacting and what is it actually I want to accomplish in those interactions other than me venting. Right. Uh, mm. So, so, so it's hard because, you know, he calls BS on me whenever I'm trying to cover stuff up and then he'll call me out and says, you know, you, the therapist. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a therapist won't cuss at me, if a therapist won't call me out on my BS, I, I won't go back to him. <laughs> so, qu side question, question. Side question for that. Right. Have you, have you ever maybe like, kind of like set the therapist up to see if they would call you out on it? No, no. Oh, you just, I, I just... mean, I just start sharing and then if they just kind of, you know, try to soft pedal me, I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll probably try to look for somebody else. Because I, 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 you know, I tell them right up front, I'm saying, I'm not, I'm no nonsense. I ain't gonna play games. I'm gonna tell you how it is. And I want, I, and why, why I'm here is I, I want you to help me get better. Right. And so I'm not one of those people that if you get in my face and call me out, I'm not going to get mad at you. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, thank you, man. That I gotta think about that, you know, and mm -hmm. and uh, because this is one of them things like it, you just waste time if you're gonna oppose what people say to you, mm -hmm. right? If you actually take the time to process it, you you know you're you're making that process more efficient. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At least in my mind, I don't got a whole much more time left, so I you know I I, I got to continue to work on getting better. Mm -hmm. right? Interesting. Hey, I, real quick question. I, what right. was the first thing that made you go to therapy? Like when you were oh, young, just what was the first thing? That, oh, oh. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, it was it was uh, dealing with uh, all the anger from my broken relationship with my dad. Oh, really? Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. So, so just trying to figure out because I knew, like, I became a Christian. Like, a, uh, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, I, I really began to follow Christ in in college like seriously so that's why i seriously started reading wait let me say this real let me say this real quick to give a little bit more context mark i know we often talk about uh breaking the stigmas and the rules of religion mm -hmm. uh this guy right here is a master at it he, he oh, taught nice. me a nice. lot <laughs> I, I, I am ready to learn right now okay <laughs> i am i i'm taking my notepad out on my on my old iphone <laughs> and I'm setting up for a new uh, note to take notes. <laughs> so I am ready to learn, uh, Sensei. 
<laughs> all like that. All right. No, but it, it, you know, it, it's when I first started taking my faith seriously, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the verses that always always jabbed at me was, you know, forgive if you want your father in heaven to forgive you, right? That's I'm paraphrasing it, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't forgive, then God won't forgive you. That kind of thing. So I was like, okay, well, every time I, that verse comes up, my dad would come to mind. Like, I got to forgive him. Mm-hmm. Right? But I couldn't. I couldn't, right? Because when you forgive someone, you're trying to release this. But the whole time, I'm still holding on to that anger. I'm still holding on to this this idea like you know you know what i mean like yeah uh the the negative energy was constantly there so i needed help i needed help to to have someone talk me through and walk me through what does it mean to kind of process it instead of you know forgiveness is not always just black and white it's not like a light switch where you know you know you kill my kid and okay i'm i'm forgiving you it's not like that it's like it's so painful what you did to me that I have to forgive you in pieces, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I had to learn that that was okay, that, that I could do this over the course of many years, which it did take, it took many years for me to kind of, you know, peel off the layers of, of that, of the brokenness and the rage and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it's not really taught like that. It's kind of taught as if it has to be this one step, you know, this one right, miraculous right. move that you make. And, and that's why I struggled. It. I struggled that because I, you know, whenever, whenever they said, oh, you got to forgive from your heart and you couldn't, you just feel like you're a failure or a fake. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so that's why I started going to see a therapist. And, and again, that they, they, they're not, they're not worried about judging you, whether you're a good Christian or not. They're just there to help you take small steps. Right. Did you right. get criticized from people in the Christian community for going? Um, for some people, yeah. For some people, yeah. Yeah. Not, a, you know, I I didn't share it widely. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, especially check this out. I don't know what it's like in the black community, but in the Asian community, there's a mm-hmm. stigma because the, when you say you're going to therapy, they automatically think, oh, you're crazy. Really? Really? Right. Oh yeah. There's, it, it, they just yeah, crazy or there's something wrong with you, and uh, you know, you that's why I just don't share it. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting. You know, uh, I do now because I'm not ashamed of it. It's my process, and I think it's healthy. And I think different people, you know, would benefit from just being a part of it for a while, just to get gain some tools. But, but yeah, it, it, it was stigmatized. So not just the Christian community, but the Asian Christian community. It just I just didn't. I was kind of not sharing 100 percent about that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Let me ask this question before we get into the, like the last, you know, little bit that we have left. Okay. Um, how did you, well, okay. So this is kind of a two part question actually. So one is, um, you know, what were people kind of saying to you about, you know, the ones that were, you know, criticizing you about going to therapy? Like what were, what were things that they were saying? And then how did you deal with that? Like, how did you navigate that? You know, cause you're already dealing with this thing over here and you right. trying to get your freedom and, and peace of mind and stuff through therapy and going through your process and stuff. And on top of that, you dealing with, you dealing with being a father, you, you know, having your feelings about all of that and you're married and you, you know, you have your whole life over here and you got these outside people, you know, talking and criticizing you know so how did you kind of deal with that criticism well younger uh when i was younger i i just didn't tell people Mm -hmm. right nowadays when i tell people i i kind of decide i just don't care what you think about that because Mm -hmm. i know i know i've been i've been doing it for decades you know Mm -hmm. off and on and and it's been working i i am healthier i mean you know, there was a lot of personal damage and dysfunction I, ha- I had to and still have to work through. Um, but I'm committed. I'm committed to getting better. So, I, you know, I don't care what people say. But again, you know, sometimes early on, I, I really struggled with the dynamic where people were saying, oh, no, no, Jesus is all you need. You know, Jesus, you know, you can mm-hmm. pray hard enough. You know, you don't need no therapy. Uh, right. And... And so then I remember feel, felt feeling like, oh, my faith is weak or I'm a failure, this or that. But I'm just like, you know what? 
they don't know my process. They don't, they don't, they don't know what I'm going through. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep doing what I know is helping me and they could think whatever they want. But in the beginning, like I said, in the beginning, when people's approval meant a lot more, it, mm-hmm. it was a lot harder. Nice. I got, I got one question real quick. How much time we got? Okay. I think I'm still good. Um, so, um, you know, we've had a, a lot of talks about spirituality. What is um, some of the main things that you want your kids to know about God? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> this is a hard one because uh, so when, when, when I was pastoring a church, it was in Pasadena, we, we planted a church back there. That's when that was during that time that we adopted these kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted them uh, all right, so I've known a lot of pastors' kids growing up, okay? Uh, one of my earliest experiences uh, of a pastor's kid was uh, when I was like five or six. And this kid would go around and beat people up and bully me, you know, around the church. Oh, and he was a pastor's kid? He was a pastor's kid. Wow. And I hated, and I hated him, right? I hated him. Years later, I find out that he committed suicide. Oh, wow. Right, right, right. Years later. And and I've heard stories of that kind of thing happening a lot, that pastor's kids are very unhappy and kind of dysfunctional in a lot of ways. I've heard that too. Uh, and so I didn't want that for my kids. I didn't want them to come into a situation like that. So I told them, uh, you know, I'm a pastor and I have a church and I want you to find a way to fall in love with God, but I'm not going to require it. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, so I want you to find your way. And, uh, you know, that of course brought criticism upon me. You got to teach them the right way. And I'm like, I, I don't want them to hate God because they hate church. Mm-hmm. You know? Dang. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I let them, you know, even now, they're kind of loose about it, you know. They'll ask me questions here and there, uh, but but for me, the, the biggest thing I want them to learn about God is how he cares about other people, right? And and, mm-hmm. and the coronavirus thing was a good way. I like, we wear our masks so that we, we, we don't want to get other people sick, you know, or mm-hmm. the whole uh, BLM uh, movement and, and all that stuff is happening you know, with uh, police brutality, I tell them, you know, God cares about that. God cares about these people uh, who are being oppressed or being, uh, you know, uh, bullied or killed or, you know, unjustly, you know, those are the Mm -hmm. things. So I want them to see at least the kind of value set that God embraces, you know, and I'm hoping that that would help them understand, okay, this is it to, to follow God would look like this, you know, um, not not about following rules or going to church, but it's about aligning yourself with with God's heart, um, mm-hmm. and living out your life that way, right? So that's where right. I want them to start, and that's kind of how I approach it. Dang. Man, you dropped I, a bar right there, saying, "Yeah, we <laughs> hate church." We're gonna have to bring you on for another episode, oh, straight up about that, straight up about like leaving oh, religion man. for real, man, because. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that, yeah. I see. I need to get into that with you because, yeah, there's, there's a lot of personal stuff that I'm, I'm dealing with right now. And so when he told me that part of your story, I was like, yo, like I need to hear, I need to hear about this because we, that, that, that's a, that's a very interesting, um, yeah, that's a very interesting perspective and story. Um, so we we got a we got a few minutes left, so we don't have time to get into that. So we okay. definitely gonna bring you back on. You know, we'll we'll work out some details got and things like that and schedule for that because uh, I think that's a very important uh, thought. I would say to 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 take into consideration and things like that for people who have kids and you know really trying to figure out um, how do you really. Uh, get your kids to understand relationship with God and, you know, what that actually looked like 
and and like yeah, outside the church. Yeah, right, like because right. it's not just going to this building and all this other stuff to worship. That's great. I think it's definitely needed. Um, uh, as far as you know, for community and and uh, and all of that. But as far as just so you know, solely just relationship with God, that's not what that's that's not necessarily what that's about. I you know, that's based on that's for community. That's for us mm-hmm. to come together and then impact the world. Relationship with God is beyond that. So right. we're gonna have to definitely back home okay. so we can get so we can discuss some things. Uh, so for all of our listening uh, audience, uh, we have now come up with a new game, so to speak. Uh, right now, I'm calling it Quick Lightning, um, where basically all of our guests they come on, they pick three different categories uh, of their choosing that we have. And basically, it's a game of this or that, and they answer those questions. It's five questions per, or uh, yeah, five questions per per category. And so, our 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 great special uh, guest here has chosen three categories, which are uh, music, food, and movies. Um, and then particularly with music, it's rock and roll. So uh, there's no explanation. There's no time for explanation on why you chose this one over this one or anything like that. It's just, listen, it is what it is. You you got this one or that one, and we're going to get through it. And also, um, uh, you know, this is a way for the audience and us to get to know you a little bit better. So, Paul, you ready? All right, All right man. So we're going to start off with, uh, actually, I'm going to start off with music. I'm going to start off with the music first, and then we'll hit food, and then we'll get into movies. Okay. All right, so I'm going to just run through them. All right, you ready? I'm ready. And Paul, he for, for music, he chose the genre of rock and roll. So we're going to see. We got five of them. Here we go. <laughs> the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Beatles. Led Zeppelin or ACDC? Led Zeppelin. Punk rock or classic rock? Classic. U2 or ZZ Top? U2. Heavy metal or indie rock? Indie rock. Tacos or burritos? Tacos. Rice or chow mein? (laughs) Rice. Domino's or Pizza Hut? Pizza Hut. (laughs) Lay's chips? (laughs) Lay's chips or ruffles? Ruffles. Hot wings or barbecue wings? Hot wings. Fast and Furious series or X-Men series? Fast and Furious. Drumline or Stomp the Yard? Drumline. Meet the Fockers or Grown Ups? Grown Ups. Avengers or Justice League? Avengers. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Nice. Wow. Nice. When he said Avengers, I was like, my guy. (laughs) My God, we're good. We're really good. If you would say Justice League, we would have had to talk. We would have had to talk. So listen, man. Uh, the grown ups and meet the Fockers one was hard, man, because I, I love that I know. series. So I know. I know. Like, ah, right? ah. I know. Both of them were good. I said, I'm going to have to make this real good. Uh, yeah, man. So listen, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, flipping the switch um, on this thing called fatherhood. Definitely appreciate you. You brought something to the table that was definitely needed. Um, you know, there are plenty of families out there that have, um, they have adopted kids, you know what I mean? And and so we, we our aim with this series was to help fathers in different areas. Because you got single fathers, you got uh, married fathers, you have fathers with adopted kids, you have blended family fathers. And even though we didn't get to all of those different types, um, I do feel like in some way, shape, or form, we've been able to help all uh, types of fathers out there. So, um, man, thank you so much for being kind enough to, you know, to share your story, uh, be transparent. You. Man, definitely appreciate it. Um, for all of our listening audience, please tap in with this man. Um, um, he is he is definitely somebody that uh, if I, if I if I had that type of relationship too, I would call him my mentor too. You know, so um, <laughs> too great. Maybe. Maybe maybe one day in the in the future he might he might take me under his wing as well. Uh, but man, thank you so much for coming on. I can't say that enough, man. I, I'm looking forward to going back to this and really listening to to everything you're saying um, because it, it, you said some stuff, man. That that just like yo, I I I feel like 
really just, it was stuff that needs to be said, things that fathers needed to hear, whether you're married or single or, you know, adopted family, blended family, it doesn't matter. I, I feel like there was something just a little bit for everybody uh, with this episode. And so I really do yeah, appreciate there's even, it. Like some mental notes, like still stuck in my head about like your commitment to parenting over yeah. your feelings and stuff like, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. Yeah, I got convicted on that part right there. Yeah. I, I, got, I, got, I got convicted on that part right there. I said, man. I said, okay. So, you know, th thanks, Paul, for for that conviction. I, I, I don't appreciate it. All right, all right. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> no, but seriously, man, I, I, I really felt that one. And again, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, with that said, we are, uh, we're going to get up out of here. Shout out to all of our patrons. And to all of our and listening audience. And if y'all got any questions about adoption, any questions about parenting, be sure to hit us up. Hit us up in the comments. Hit us up on the email. Any questions you got, we want to know. Any questions, comments, you know, anything that you want to add to the to to this episode. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, Paul is is one man that has his perspective and things like that. But you guys might have a, a, an ex, uh, an experience or experiences. Mm -hmm. And perspective that you know can add to that you know what i'm saying right. if you have that because at the end of the day this is a community so you know what you comment or what you post you know what i mean in the comment section others can read that as well yeah you know and we saying? all so, share like we all got the ability to share like yeah so again remember this is not just our podcast this is y'all podcast we flip the switch on everything and with that said we are about we are about ah, we are about out of here Watch me flip the switch like this. I flipped the switch ever since I put the emphasis on the infinite. Took my pain, flipped that in the blitz.